listening to sermon audio from Grace Mosaic, a congregation of the Grace DC Network in Northeast DC. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org. So this fall I had the pleasure of attending a Bible study that was led by Paul Major, one of the members here at Mosaic, uh, and he took us through the Minor Prophets. And the Minor Prophets are called Minor, by the way, um, just because they're short, um, not because they're less important, but they're not as long as some of the other prophetic books like Isaiah and Jeremiah. Um, but Paul is a, a Old Testament scholar, and so it was great to sit uh, under him and to have the, the languages and the, and the historical context that he was able to bring uh, to make the text very accessible for us. Um, so we went through a different book each week, uh, and Paul kind of set the context for wh- where the prophet is appearing in, in the time sequence and what's happening and going on around that. And he helped us understand the specific role that these prophets are playing as God's covenant lawyers. Um, God is sending these lawyers to deliver indictments um, against God's people and the surrounding nations for their wickedness uh, toward their fellow humans. And, and they often indicted the people uh, for being disingenuous with God. If we were to hear this, this accusation kind of in modern language, it might read, I see your social media posts and your selfies from church and your supposedly generous giving, but I have this against you, you do not love me. That's a common indictment that God brings to his people. So as we went through the Minor Prophets, um, even though there was a, a gap, a cultural and historical gap, I actually found it very easy to read our present day into those past days. Because I see a day today that is broken and chaotic. And I see a world where there's lots of people who are mean. And it's also a world full of empty religion. Um, so in a strange way, the fact that these long-ago saints had the same struggles that we face today gave me comfort. Uh, and I felt solidarity with these brothers and sisters in the faith. And so as we look at one of these prophets today, Habakkuk, I hope that you will have that same sense of solidarity uh, with our brother uh, from an age past. But before we jump into Habakkuk, um, I actually want to start out with a few uh, verses from Hebrews. Uh, if you want to turn with me on a, on a device, it's uh, Hebrews eleven thirteen to 16. I'll read it for us. Uh, and this will serve as kind of our New Testament reading for the day. Um, so just, just context, because we're going to jump in, and it's going to say, these all died in faith. These are referring to our brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers before us. Uh, our, our family of faith in ages past who lived and died uh, in faith. And so we pick up here uh, in Hebrews 11, verse 13. These all died, Abraham, all the, the her- Sarah, the heroes of the faith that were just talked about. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For he- people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. So I have to tell a quick story about this verse, uh, which has always been a favorite passage of mine. Um, I have a friend and work colleague whose mother got very sick. Um, She was diagnosed with a fast-moving cancer and only had a few months uh, to live. And I didn't know her, um, but through my friend, uh, I had reason to believe she was a woman of deep faith. And so um, I decided to write her a letter. 
And I wrote her a letter uh, thanking her for raising her son to be a kind and generous man uh, who was now a kind and generous boss to me. And in the letter, I included this passage from Hebrews 11. And a few months later, my friend's mom died, and I was able to watch the funeral service online. And so my friend got up uh, to eulogize his mother, and uh, he was talking about her faith. And then he said, uh, my mom was always ready to go. And uh, she had this verse always up on her fridge. And he read the passage from Hebrews 11. Uh, So this passage was already a favorite, um, but now it's clearly become very precious to me. So let me read verse 13 again to set the context of what we're going to see in Habakkuk. These all died, including Habakkuk, in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. So the reason I'm starting with the passage in Hebrews is that it is going to give us a frame of reference for what we're seeing Habakkuk live out and live through, this not receiving. He died in the faith, not having received the things promised. He's caught up in a moment when deep darkness is about to swallow up everything around him, and he's angry, and he's terrified. But he sees a glimmer of light from afar, and he sees God, and he's comforted and strengthened. Now, Habakkuk's book is essentially a compilation of songs, all in the genre of lament. He is singing laments to God because he has not received the thing promised. And we are wrapping up a year in which we did not receive the things promised. We didn't see justice rolling down like mighty waters. We didn't see sickness and death eradicated. We didn't see weapons beat into farming equipment. We saw the opposite in many ways. And 2022? (laughs) The new year? (laughs) Yeah, right. It's not a new year. It feels like an old year already. (laughs) It hasn't even started, and most of us are ready for it to be over. Now, uh, speaking of years and wrapping up, I know some of you Spotify listeners got your Spotify wrapped not too long ago, which is where Spotify tells you all about the songs you listen to most in 2021. And I'm going to guess that Habakkuk's deep cuts in the genre of lament did not appear in your Spotify wrapped. So this morning, I'm going to challenge you to give them a listen and learn to sing them. And I'd like to challenge you specifically to pick one and sing it this week. As we go through, we're going to look at three of Habakkuk's songs. Pick the one that you need to sing to the Lord and make time this week to sit before him and sing it. And if you're visiting with us or maybe checking us out uh, online, as someone who's investigating Christianity, I'd really just offer the same challenge. Sometime this week, in a moment of quiet, test drive one of these songs, maybe just a verse or two, and listen and see if God will sing something back. So let's jump in. But, first you may be asking, why am I calling them songs? Aren't they just words? Can't we just call them prayers? They look like dialogues. And maybe you're just wondering if I'm putting a musical spin on this just as an homage to our two musically oriented pastors. Or maybe I'm crafting this in musical terms because the last two sermon series had musical themes and I feel obligated to keep that up. Well, yes, this is an homage to our two amazingly gifted pastors and Melissa and Jeremiah and Paul and the vocalists and other talented musicians who help us sing our theology each week. And yes, this is keeping the musical sermon series going. (laughs) 
But there are two other reasons I'm framing this up in musical terms. First, Habakkuk tells us at the end of the book that this is to be set to stringed instruments. So, it is a song. If you imagine it as an opera, then as we jump into this, you can, you can begin to visualize the, the first violin chair helping to tune up all the members of the orchestra. If you prefer more of a singer-songwriter motif, you can picture Habakkuk coming out, getting his guitar ready, sitting in front of a single microphone. Whichever, this is the setting that's, that we have for what we're about to encounter in these songs from Habakkuk. But the more important reason I think we need to hear these laments as songs is that God is reminding us that our lives have a soundtrack that words alone can't express. There's an emotional soundtrack to everything that's happening. And I would argue that if a famous composer, say like Hans Zimmer, could follow us around and layer in the appropriate music behind every moment of every day, just like in the movies, it would help us understand what's going on inside of us. And instead, I think we often put our AirPods on and revisit our Spotify wrapped to avoid hearing the sounds that are actually coming out of our own hearts. Habakkuk, on the other hand, is about to sing his heart out. Out into the open. And if we're going to understand uh, the, the, and imitate this honest dialogue that he's about to have with God, uh, we need to imagine the soundtrack playing behind these laments. So we're going to look at three different kinds of laments that Habakkuk sings to God. Uh, three sub-genres within lament that we're going to see today. Indignation, trepidation, and content. Indignation, trepidation, and content. So as we read through the Minor Prophets this fall, um, we saw that the, the prophets are sent to proclaim some type of indictment against the people who are doing evil. Remember, they're covenant lawyers. They're accusing the people of breaking the law, the law to love God and love their neighbor. So what's interesting is that in Habakkuk, we actually have the tables turned. It's actually the prophet bringing an indictment against God. It's Habakkuk who's accusing God. Listen to the lament expressed as indignation. And again, try to hear the stringed instruments backing his plea. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear. Or cry to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you look idly at wrong? So the music behind this has to be expressing Habakkuk's frustration. Habakkuk is angry with God. He confronts God. His voice is raised. If you're good, and if you're powerful, how can you just sit there? Have you not promised shalom? Picture him singing this lament of indignation. He's witnessing a society in free fall. His world is the wild west. Might makes right. The wicked prosper and the righteous are trampled. Habakkuk is in tears. He's pounding his desk and he's crying. How can you remain silent? This lament of indignation is not unique to Habakkuk. It is found all throughout Scripture. And I believe firmly that it's placed there by God for a reason. To teach us to pray like this to God. Do you see that God is inviting us to be honest before Him when we fail to receive the thing promised? 
God isn't insecure. He invites us to beat on his chest. He wants us to know that he can take it. He's inviting it. But second, Habakkuk's lament of indignation is modeling how to process our anger and take it to the right place. Are you frustrated about something? Take it to management. God is the one running this place. If you have a problem with how things are going in your life, you have a problem you need to discuss with God. Bring your complaint, sung with the soundtrack of your emotions, to God. He already sees your anger. He sees with x-ray vision into your heart. The question is whether you will express it to him and invite an encounter. Let's move to the next song, The Lament of Trepidation. So we don't really have time to explore the full conversation that Habakkuk is having back and forth with God. Habakkuk ultimately does not like God's answer to his complaint. God is sending judgment and the people are going to be taken captive. But after God's second reply, we begin to see a change in Habakkuk's emotion from anger into fear. He's now reconciling himself to what God is doing. He doesn't understand God's purposes but he understands what is going to happen. And now he's terrified. And he sings a lament of trepidation. So picture him now. Imagine the score, the the backing music evolving here, as he is sleepless, nauseous with anxiety, and his voice now faint, not raised. So the musicians have adapted to change the setting as he sings now, I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones, and my legs tremble beneath me. It's a heartbreaking song. I really wish Joel and Melissa were here, because this is at these different points, I would have cued up the music and, and our musicians to sing this out so that we would have a better understanding, but I pray that the Spirit's giving you the imagination to hear how heartbreaking a song that is. I had to learn to sing laments of trepidation as a parent. As a parent, you're duty-bound to protect your children, um, but the world is a super scary place. And the problem is that protecting them out of duty is very different than protecting them out of fear. Um, When I'm parenting out of fear, I'm just scrambling. Um, I'm looking for things to make the nausea inside of me subside. Um, And it becomes all about making me feel less scared. That's what my parenting becomes. Um, And I knew I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to parent out of fear, but I also knew I was afraid. Um, So I began to realize that I had to take the fear somewhere. And so I learned to cry out my own laments of trepidation. Uh, They basically said, I'm scared, Lord. I'm scared. Please help. That's it. That was my simple song. It didn't have the same poetic eloquence as Habakkuk's lament of trepidation, but it had the same emotional soundtrack. All right, let's move to our third and final song, a song of content. The mood starts to pick up a little bit here. I was telling one of my kids that I was going to be preaching on the Minor Prophets and about lament. They're like, whoa, dad. <laughs> Christmas, New Year, you're going to preach about that? Like, I hope Russ has a really upbeat song picked out to finish this thing out. So our final song, it is a song of content, but in its own way, it is still a lament. At the end of the book, Habakkuk, who is raged against God with his anger and cried out to God in his fear, 
now praises God. There is an aspect of joy in this final song. But you can easily tell by the soundtrack that it isn't going to be like the final number in a musical with everybody standing up and clapping and dancing around. Um, This is going to feel a lot more like the final scene of a Greek tragedy, but with a measure of hope. So I don't know, have you ever been um, babysitting a bunch of energetic kids and after hours of chaos, several attempted mutinies, you finally get done with all the drinks of water and the stories and you get them into bed and you tiptoe downstairs and you hold your breath and after a long time it's silent and then you flop down on the couch and you say, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) It's a moment of joy because of the sheer exhaustion and frayed nerves that preceded it, right? Habakkuk, in a much more serious way, has been wrestling with God, shouting, crying, struggling to make sense of the broken world, struggling to understand God's confusing plans. And at the end, he does not receive the thing promised. He's exhausted, his nerves are frayed, but he leans toward God. So listen to these lyrics now and imagine the soundtrack of this final lament. It's somber, It's subdued, but there's this ever so slightly rising at the end with this note of content. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God The Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. And there the curtain closes. After three chapters of laments of indignation and trepidation, Habakkuk ends with a song of content. But the background music remains somber. It is both hopeful and sad. This is the content of someone who did not receive the thing promised but who is straining to see it from afar. In his immediate vicinity, there's nothing. There's no fruit on the trees. There's no flocks in the field. But his faith is bringing him back to a God who just might be able to do something. The God who created the world ex nihilo, out of nothing. That God, that God might be able to make life out of death and ultimately make good on his promise. In the middle of this opera of sorts, uh, God answers Habakkuk and says, I am doing something that if I told you, you would not believe. We see that same dialogue happening between Jesus and his disciples. They knew that the promised Christ had come, just as we've been hearing of these past Sundays, to bring the promised victory, to bring the promised feast and all those things. But Jesus was slowly making known to them That peace was still a little ways off. He revealed to them a plan that they could not believe. He had come to lay his life down. And it led the disciples to sing songs of lament, of both indignation and trepidation. Peter, you got to love Peter, he sang his lament of indignation right into Jesus' face. But at the cross... God did make something out of nothing. He made life out of death. 
And though the darkness washed over Christ like it was washing over Habakkuk, Jesus, the light of the world, overcame the darkness. And with renewed hope, after seeing the resurrected Christ, the disciples now go out, but in the midst of persecution and imprisonment. And they sang their songs of content with tunes of lament. They too died, not having received the things promised, but they saw them and welcomed them from afar. So what encourages me about Habakkuk's songs really is their honesty. They encourage me to be honest with God. They encourage us to invite our neighbors into a place where they can be honest before God. Which of Habakkuk's songs do you need to add to your playlist in 2022? All of our mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters before us died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. Today we're going to eat the morsel of bread and sip uh, the wine, but it is not the promised feast, but it is to strengthen us in our journey toward it. May the Lord be your strength, and may we cheer one another on to faith and good deeds in the year ahead. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Grace Mosaic. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org.